Get ready to hear the truth about America on a show that's not immune to the facts with your host, Dan Bongino. You, 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 I mean, I was going to say you'll never believe what happened here, but you probably will believe it because we're living in the craziest of times where, where pure evil is surrounding us everywhere. With Florida and these monoclonal antibodies, I just got a call this morning uh, from a friend who called uh, my wife and told me about this person who got an, a coronavirus infection out of respect for their medical privacy. I'm not going to give you any more details, but it's very sick. And then something happened in Florida and she couldn't believe it. I'll get to that. And this doctor's conference up on Capitol Hill explaining why there aren't any exemptions from doctors going around or very few. Welcome to the Dan Bongino show. Let's get right to it. Stunning hearing up on Capitol Hill yesterday, a doctor uh, saying the quiet part out loud, why doctors across the country are hesitant to give medical vaccine exemptions, even if there's a valid medical reason. It's just like, I'm telling you, we are surrounded and bathed right now with pure evil. I've got that. An interesting take on something that happened with Biden yesterday and a special request, um, the LLS uh, fundraiser we're going to be doing today. That is uh, super important. So. Um, thank you very much if you'll participate for that in advance. Okay. If you're looking for a firearm that's easy to transport, you got to check out the U.S. Survival Rifle from Henry Repeating Arms. It's a portable rifle you can put together and take apart in a few minutes. And then when you're not using it, you can store the parts in the little case it comes in. It's so small, it can be stored anywhere, in a go bag, anywhere. It's light enough to carry everywhere. Comes in black and two different camo patterns. You can pick one up for three to $400, depending on the finish. You can watch a few videos at henryusa.com survival. And while you're there, be sure to order their free catalog. Henry makes more than 200 rifles, shotguns, and revolvers in the role made in America, backed by a lifetime satisfaction guarantee and the best customer service in the business. Go to their website. It's henryusa.com and be sure to order a free catalog. They'll send it with free decals on a list of dealers in your area. That's henryusa.com for a free catalog and decals and to see the Henry U.S. Survival Rifle. Let's go. Let's go, Dano. Yeah. <laughs> so I get this call this morning from, uh, well, we get this call, I should say, my wife from a friend. And again, I want to keep the medical privacy there, but in a panic, someone close to her has a case of COVID. It, the person's not the healthiest person and uh, is really in a little bit of trouble. So they had an appointment, smartly so, down here in Florida, where I live, obviously, for the monoclonal antibody injections. I had them. You get four. One, two, three, four. Two in the abdomen, each, one in each side, one in each arm. Super easy. You sit there for an hour to make sure there's no adverse reaction. I felt better in about 36 hours. I was done with it, okay? I took the monoclonals, ivermectin, hydroxychloroquine, a Z-pack, vitamin D, C, quercetin, melatonin, um, zinc, magnesium, aspartate. I took that too. Okay. That was my regimen. Again, I was done with it in 36 hours. I can only speak to my individual circumstances. I probably had Delta. It wasn't, uh, you know, we didn't break down the gene code of what I was specifically infected with. I know I had COVID that's for sure, but I likely had Delta given the time I got it. So the person's very sick, had an appointment for monoclonals. Turns out the FDA just Hold the emergency use authorization for monoclonal antibodies in Florida. I'll get to that in a second. Because we are living in, we are swimming in a sea right now of pure evil. I'm convinced, I'm convinced that the, the media, liberal, academic, now healthcare swamp would rather see people die to win the political narrative du jour um, than solve any of these problems. Well, they'd rather see people die as long as they win the political narrative. It, it's, it's incredible. 
Guy can't get antibody injections now. Had an appointment, canceled. Because the FDA said, nope, Florida, no more for you. No emergency use authorization. Across the country for those monoclonals. I'll explain more about that in a minute. Here, you want to see a stunning piece of video? You're wondering why some people who have legitimate concerns about the vaccine may have had an adverse reaction to vaccines in the past. As a radio host, I had on my show, was fired by Cumulus. Uh, I had him on my radio show to tell his story. Told me his doctor told him the vaccine's not a good idea because he has a problem with blood clots, right? So he did not get uh, the vaccine. So despite the bodies of scientific knowledge that certain people shouldn't get the vaccine, they're still having a hard time getting medical exemptions. Really weird, but not weird when you listen to this doctor explain it at Ron Johnson's hearing yesterday up on Capitol Hill. Check this out. Went out to all physicians from the medical board saying any physician in California who writes an inappropriate exemption for masks or other COVID related measures will have his medical license subjected to investigation and disciplinary action. So for a physician, just to help you to understand, this kind of uh, threat hanging over your head is worse than the threat of getting fired. If I get fired from a particular healthcare organization, I can go to another healthcare organization or go start a private practice. If I lose my medical license, I cannot practice medicine, okay? That's how serious this is. The letter never defined what might constitute an appropriate or inappropriate mask mandate. So I have no idea if I write a mandate for a kid with a severe anxiety disorder that's worsened by the wearing of a mask. Is that is that going to subject my medical license to disciplinary action? Uh, physicians in California interpreted the phrase and other COVID-related re measures to include vaccines, which had already been uh, rolled out at that point. It has become de facto impossible to get a medical exemption for a COVID vaccine in the state of California. That is, again, one of the single most disturbing. Did you hear that? I'm not crazy, right? No, man. So you got a doctor there, just so where I'm not, you know, I, again, I sometimes I, I, I'm sorry to like, you know, randomly throw you guys into the show when you're both working, but I watched that this morning. I'm thinking to myself, so this is a, Healthcare professional, um, talking about doctors, trained obviously in medicine. I'm, it's axiomatic, right? I mean, they have medical degrees who have been taught to diagnose and look at symptoms and diagnose and prescribe, right? So they see a patient. Patient may have had an issue with a prior vaccine, may have an issue with blood clots, whatever it may be. And the doctor's not making a medical decision then. The doctor's making a political decision because now swampy, politically oriented, bureaucratic medical licensing boards will suspend the doctor's medical license, making him or, him or her unable to earn a living um, if they dare make a medical decision based on their sound medical opinion from their medical education. Folks, we're living and swimming in a world right now of pure evil. It's pure. There's no listen. The left knows they're evil. OK, that's why the the ferocious foaming at the mouth, scratching at the face counter reaction when you expose it because they don't want to look in the mirror and accept who they really are, that they are the bad guys. More of a reason to go back to what we discussed yesterday, the idea of federalism. Ladies and gentlemen, we need to have states that are havens for science for sanity, for reason, for logic and liberty 
and freedom. If New York and California, like this doctor was referencing, want medical boards to suspend doctors for doing doctoring, if they want to suspend doctors for doing medicine and for acting like doctors, then listen, you do you. Your people will die. You will get people hurt. We will go to states that respect liberty and freedom. We just want to get away from you maniacs, you inciting violence, calling for people to, what is it, he take up weapons, grab what we all, we'll get to that. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's coming up soon, too. Did I have that in here? Where is that? Man. Oh, it is. Oh, yeah, it is coming up soon. Picking up a weapon. Okay, just check it because I don't want to. That's coming up soon, too. These are the people we just want to get away from you. Here's the saddest part. Another piece of uh, audio from this hearing yesterday where a doctor says that the leftist censorship, anti-civil liberties campaign, and attacks on medicine and science have gotten so bad that the doctor has to thank Senator Johnson for allowing them to speak in the Senate because the speech is supposedly protected there. Although ScrewTube will probably ban it because they're communists. Did you catch my video yesterday while we're leaving YouTube? That was great. Thank you for the feedback on that one and all the wonderful comments we'll be able to rumble now. But here's a doctor saying, hey, speech is dying, basically. Thanks, Senator Johnson. If you didn't do this hearing here, this stuff probably wouldn't get out. Check this out. Senator, I want to, just before we get on the questions, enter something into the record. Um, I want to personally thank you. Um, in the past, uh, medical schools and conferences would like this would take place. Um, we debate and, uh, how to treat these kind of diseases. And, you know, I, I, it's kind of strange that we, this meeting has to take place in the U.S. Senate. Um, you know, given the current state of affairs, um, that's, what, that's where we are. But in the past, we would think that somehow the FDA, the CDC, the NIH, we would have basically maybe a message board, exchange ideas. And I really want to reach out and say thank you for what you've done to Dr. McCullough and Dr. Risch, who initially uh, set all of this up. Um, you know, the extreme censorships and attacks have, have led us to come to this place. And so I want to just thank you uh, for what you've done. Um, you've really pushed this all forward, you know, as a, you know, you've been yourself become a researcher and a scientist over those last two years. So thank you very much. There you go, folks. Uh, you know, a, a, these medical professionals up on Capitol Hill having to thank a U.S. senator for being allowed to do this crazy thing, Joe. Speak <laughs> to give a medical opinion. This is this is not. This is not video. From 1980s Castro, Cuba. This is a video taken in the United States. And make no mistake, the left is that they're celebrating this. They love this. And when you push in their face the fact that they are the anti-civil liberties censorship party, the clawing and the foaming begins because they can't accept that they are, in fact, the bad guys. They're loving every minute of this. They're loving it. Oh, we're battling misinformation. Misinformation. You mean your misinformation? What are you talking about? You mean your allegiance to the failed science of universal masking? Your allegiance to a vaccine that early on we were told was 90% effective, who now the CDC's had to acknowledge doesn't even prevent transmission of the latest variant? You mean that? 
Yes, I was waiting for that. I mean, seriously, folks, the, 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 the danger here is growing. It's not just limited to the scientific space and the realm of medicine either. It's getting worse. Do you see this story by the LA Times? They are growing more dangerous, dangerous the censorship party, by the day. They're, the media, the LA Times, is proud of this. Why pay TV operators are dropping Trump-loving cable networks. Talks about this story by DirecTV to dump OAN. DirecTV, of course, is saying, oh, it's nothing to do with politics. But then you see this note in the LA Times story. Again, the censorship party. Progressive groups, which have lobbied companies to drop OAN, One America News, a conservative network, lauded DirecTV's decision. The network is a known perpetrator of disinformation as extremism. This is coming from the pee-pee hoax. Wear your mask left. That wear your mask. The Wuhan lab was not the source of the uh, virus left. Fueling real world violence. Real world violence. Really? We're fueling real world violence. I'm going to play for you a, a piece of video from MSNBC in a minute. And placing the health and safety of so many in jeopardy, said Yosef Gedachu, director of Common Cause Media and Democracy Program. These people are pure evil. Pure. They are pure evil. When you look at the tactics of tyrants, totalitarians, and fascists throughout human history, they are not divorceable from what these people are doing right now. Censoring people, attacking people, calling for violence against people. Those are all, they say three of, of, of that's, that are, those are three common traits of every single regime throughout human history where you've had some form of totalitarianism and they're doing it right now. Here's another article I saw, just the news. John Solomon's site. Student governments refusing to fund the free speech club if it invites a conservative author. Talking about Emory University. They're all, they're, you want to see what I was really talking about in the beginning of the show with the calls for violence? How the left, the left who owns misinformation and disinformation, the PP hoax, the Hunter Biden Russian disinformation hoax, the Wuhan lab hoax, all of these hoaxes, are the domain exclusively of the left. The conservatives are inciting violence hoaxes. They burn down American cities. Here is a host, Tiffany Cross, a humiliating failure of a human being, an embarrassment to the known cosmos on MSNBC, who's yet to fire her for this, openly saying on the network, it's time to start, quote, picking up a weapon, picking up a weapon. And yet, remember, it's conservatives allegedly inciting violence. Here, check this out. But this is a, a war. This isn't a battle. And we absolutely will win this war. It is a war. It is indeed a war. And I have to say, they have won some battles, Jasmine. But we, we have to keep our eye uh, on the war. And, and everybody needs to pick up a weapon and, and get involved. Because this is uh, for the, the, the safety and, and lasting uh, of the country. I mean, you know, Guy said this morning, what's the lie? Of course, you know, you've already heard. Well, if Donald Trump would have said, of course, yeah. yes. Yeah, Donald Trump would be in prison right now for inciting violence. Yet it's really odd, right? Donald Trump on January 6th says, we're going to march peacefully and patriotically, a direct quote to the Capitol, right? On January 6th, Donald Trump's accused of inciting violence. 
You have a woman on MSNBC today. Uh, excuse me. Uh, yes, we're talking about picking up a weapon. It's time for people to go pick up a weapon. Where are the um, advertiser boycotts? Nowhere. Where is the mass condemnation by the left? Nowhere. Where are the liberals, supposedly the tolerance party, who like to burn down American cities with Antifa? Nowhere. These people are full of crap all the time. They are full of it. Where's the cat lady? Oh my gosh, she's citing violence. Where's the cat? No, she's busy taking her, suckling off the teat of George Soros. Oh, where's my George Soros money? The woman can't raise any money because she's a total fraud, is lying to her donors about what she's doing. I got all these people canceled. She's totally full of crap. Where is she on this? Nowhere. Nowhere. Reminds me of yesterday's show, Michael Anton's PSYOP. We're undergoing one massive psychological operation by the left in conjunction of the media. The violence-obsessed, censorship-obsessed left is doing a massive PSYOP on all of us to make us believe that the party of God-given rights, real racial opportunity and equality for people regardless of skin color, the party of free speech, the party of the right to assemble, and God-given rights, a PSYOP making us try to believe and demoralize us that we're on the wrong side here. Don't fall for it. Do not fall for it. All right. Take a break here. I'm a little, a little whipped up, dude. Overwhelmed by the story. Yeah. Yeah, I... I, I, I <laughs> Folks, I told you before, you don't understand the terrain features of what you're walking into. You're getting ready to walk into a really you're getting ready to walk into a really big and deadly trap here. The left is setting you up. They're doing this because they want to politically target you. They want to weaponize the intel and law enforcement facilities of our federal government to make America believe you're the bad guy. And they're trying to convince themselves that the tyrannical censors they become is putting them on the right side of history. Very, very dangerous. Very dangerous. We will always stand on the right side. Of One more thing. It's pretty amazing how Joe and I and Guy have only spent the last like five years, Guy the last year plus, um, telling people how dangerous the violent red line is when you cross it. And yet Tiffany Cross talks about literally picking up a weapon. And where's the condemnation again? Nowhere. Nowhere. Nowhere to be found. Davey Albo, write a piece tomorrow. Here's the piece, Joe. How us exposing Tiffany Cross and Nandini's defamatory nonsense and talking about picking up weapons is inciting violence against them for them inciting violence. I'm waiting for the Davey Alba piece. I'm waiting for it. That'll be the piece tomorrow. Davey Alba, New York Times. Uh, Calling out people and condemning violence is inciting violence against people inciting violence. Davey, Davey, waiting on the peace, Davey. With cyber attacks on the rise, protecting your data security is more important than ever. So why is Congress considering a law that puts your data at greater risk of being hacked and exposed to foreign networks? The Durbin Marshall credit card bill shifts billions in consumer spending to less secure payment networks, all so that corporate megastores can make bigger profits. Don't let Durbin Marshall steal your data. Visit handsoffmyrewards.com security and tell your senators to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Paid for by Electronic Payments Coalition. 
Speaking of the tweet in the Florida situation, again, this friend of ours gets very sick, is very concerned, had an appointment for the antibodies, and then we found out again how pure evil has surfaced yet again. This is from the Florida Department of Health. Apparently, the USDA made an abrupt decision here to remove the emergency use authorization for two monoclonal antibodies. Therefore, the monoclonal antibody treatment sites will be closed until further notice. The full press release is below, which they attach in their Twitter account, Healthy Florida. Folks, the monoclonal antibodies, I can make a strong case to you, saved me. I don't know what would have happened if I didn't have them. I had a very serious case of COVID. I was done with it in 36 hours after I took the monoclonal antibodies and the uh, medicines I just told you about before in my regimen. It worked for me. Will it work for you? I don't know. I'm not your doctor. I have no idea. I'm not a doctor at all. I can only tell you what a doctor did prescribe me, and it worked quite well. Why would they pull these monoclonal antibodies? Well, one, because they're pure evil. But second, uh, one of the reasons they're claiming to do it, showing you how evil they are, exposes their hypocrisy. Get a load of their logic here, fellas. Their logic is this. Well, some of these antibody injections don't work really well against the Omicron, so we're going to just pull the e, uh, EU, EUA, emergency use authorization, you're not going to be allowed to get them at all, which is really weird because I had the Delta, which is more severe and uh, has, is more likely to cause death. So if you've got the Omicron and, and not the Delta, then they're saying it's not as effective against the Omicron, but it does work against the Delta. So basically, you don't know what you have. When you go in there, you have no idea. So if you have the Delta, they're not going to treat you for the Delta because it may not be as effective against the Omicron. But they'll tell you to get a vaccine, which they openly admit is not effective against transmission of the Omicron. Oh, that makes sense. Get a vaccine that doesn't stop the transition of Omicron, just to be clear. Do that instead of the antibodies. So it'll produce antibodies that we could inject you with, but we won't because they may not be as effective against the Omicron, which a vaccine doesn't work yet. So it makes perfect sense to me, fellas. Perfect sense. Yeah. Right. Yeah, they, when the fatality rate in Florida goes up, yeah, you'll be DeSantis. Death Santis will be back. Death Santis, that'll, that'll be back with the yes. Death, the death yeah. Santis. Yeah. Stuff. Folks, um, it never stops. It never ends. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm getting really hot. Can you turn the fan on, folks? So don't cut that. I'm not... You know, it's, it's like, it's, it's really cold in Florida. Sorry if I'm sweating. It's 60 degrees, which you're probably laughing about. Oh, it didn't go on. But now it, these lights. Yeah, there you go. Thank you very much. These lights get really hot. That's why I'm like sweating on the thing. Even though it's 60 degrees in this studio, it gets like, uh, it gets super hot. Pure evil here. I'm still trying to digest that. Get an Omicron vaccine. Get a vaccine that doesn't prevent the transmission of Omicron. So your body will produce antibodies. But don't inject the antibodies that could prevent the more serious version of the virus. Makes perfect sense, FDA. You guys are really great. Science, folks. Science. All about the science. Yeah, science. All right, moving on. Uh, you know, we, listen, we know that. I'm not going to show you again a video. You've seen it a thousand times. Joe Biden yesterday called Peter Ducey from uh, Fox News. Called Peter Ducey in a press conference after Peter Ducey asked a question about inflation. Ironically, at a presser about uh, middle-class issues. There's a press conference. Peter Ducey asked about inflation and the election coming up, and Biden called him a, uh, a, a dumb question and called him an SOB. You can figure out what that means, right? So cue the regime. This is the same regime, again, that told us Trump was a unique threat to protocol. Robert's Rules of Order went out the window because Trump and Twitter, Trump had a big mouth. He said nasty stuff. 
So now you've got a president of the United States, a pino, president name only, Joe Biden, right? Now you got Joe Biden calling people SOBs. So you would think if the media was consistent and had any principles, they'd say, hey, listen, we criticized Donald Trump for um, what they perceived to be a, a hot temper. So we're going to criticize Biden. Nope, nope. Here's Kelly O'Donnell, immediate damage control mode. I'll explain to you why, though, in a second, if this is important to understand why they had to do this. Check this out. He made the point that he does not like when questions are asked about a subject other than the planned event, which in this case was about middle class families and the economy. So just to be clear, Biden, Kelly O'Donnell has to repeat the ridiculous talking point. The event was about middle class families and the economy, Joe. So Peter Ducey asked a question about inflation, which affects both <laughs> middle class families and the economy. And Kelly O'Donnell's like, unrelated unrelated quite the Biden. She, she has to parrot the Biden talking point. Now, why, why are they jumping to the regime's defense right here? What if I, you know, what do I tell you about what are the benefits of tuning into the show is having run for office. You, you really get a sense for political strategy and you get a lot of incoming advice and you have to learn to filter it out. And one of the things I learned law, I lost came close, close, you know, horseshoes and hand grenades doesn't matter, but we ran pretty good campaigns. At least the first two, the last one, not so well. Uh, but the second one, we ran really well. I mean, we almost pulled that thing off there in a really, really destructive district for Republicans. I learned this. The most damaging political narratives, don't forget this, are the ones, I can't tell you this enough, that, that change your pre-existing notion of who a candidate is. If you think a candidate is a rebel like James Dean style with a leather jacket on smoking a cigarette, and then someone tells you he parties late at night, it doesn't do any damage, right? It doesn't change your pre-existing notion of who the candidate is. However, if a candidate's gone out and told you like he's a family man, he's home at nine all the time, he has a rule against eating dinner with anyone other than his wife, you know, like Pence, and then you find out that they're partying into the club at 3 a.m., that's damaging, correct? I mean, it, 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 yeah. it's not hard to understand, no. but there are leftists listening. I'm sorry, I don't mean to talk down to my consumer, but there are leftists who don't get this. Now, do you understand why the left had to go into immediate damage control over Biden's SOB comment to Peter Ducey yesterday? The pre-existing notion we've been told of who Biden is, is he's old Scranton, Scranton kid, lunch bucket Joe. He's the return to normalcy. The era of Trump yelling at reporters is over. All of that's done with. And then yesterday, Biden erupts at the kid, calls him an SOB. That is the very definition of a damaging political narrative. One that changes your pre-existing notion of who this guy is. You see why the media had to rush to his defense immediately yesterday and do the Kelly O'Donnell where they repeat the White House talking points? What's that? What? Yeah, no, it's true. He brings up the fact that the guy does have anger issues. And I had this debate. I'll play something at the end, the anger issues. We got a video at the end of the show I want to play for you. Make sure we don't forget. Biden does have these anger. Listen, I, I, I'm not, I, I can't, I'd be a hypocrite to criticize the guy on anger. I'm, I have the temper myself, so I get it. Um, but I'm not president of the United States. He is. I mean, I lost my election. He, you know, he's, the guy's had a history. He shockingly has won a bunch of elections. I find stunning. He's totally incompetent. Uh, which I find amazing. But Biden does have these anger issues. And I had this debate with Geraldo last night on Hannity. Geraldo, who was trying to cling to the, well, he did concede the point. He said checkmate later, so I'll give him that. But in the beginning was trying to defend 
that Biden somehow is the same person he was years ago and the cognitive decline isn't there. That's ridiculous. It's absurd. The guy's outbursts are just legendary. I'll play a video at the end of the show uh, showing that. It's really important. All right, here's what I got coming up. Um, I, you know, I, I don't like to ask favors often. Uh, I, I know I asked for one yesterday, so I feel really terrible. I'm going to get to my third sponsor, but I've got a, a favor coming up. It's a very personal issue to me um, coming up right after this. And um, if you wouldn't mind indulging me for just a few minutes, it's for a very good cause. And I would deeply appreciate it. I got that. And also a very important article up on GenoReport.com today about what Russia learned from Desert Storm. And how they may be applying that model towards Ukraine now. Very interesting piece. I'm going to try to get the author on my Fox show this weekend. Now on at 9 o'clock. Okay. Uh, Isabel, you there? All right. Come on over. So, folks, last year, um, as you know, my daughter Isabel is going to be coming on in a second here. I'm going to say hello to everyone so I don't think it's weird. Hello. Okay. <laughs> Hold on one sec. So, uh, as you know... Um, I was diagnosed about, what is it, a year ago, Paula? About a year ago with uh, lymphoma. Um, it is a cancer. Uh, uh, it was a devastating moment for me. And uh, my daughter, Isabel, was, uh, wanted to get involved. So she did a fundraiser last year for the LLS, uh, which is a, 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 a charity that helps uh, do research into lymphoma. And we raised an extraordinary amount of money for you. So I Isabel came on. Isabel, can you give the website if people like to help us out and tell us what you're going to do? We'd really appreciate it. Okay, babe. Hi. So as many of you know, I was involved in a fundraiser effort with the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society last year with several of my classmates. And with your help, we were able to raise over $200,000 to help cancer patients and fund research. I want to sincerely thank each and every one of you for your help. This year, they have nominated me to lead the local campaign it was such an honor for me to accept this nomination. Cancer has such a personal significance to our family because my dad was diagnosed with Hodgkin's lymphoma in 2020, and I saw firsthand how terrible this disease can be. This year, my goal is to raise $250,000 to help fund research to find a cure for blood cancers, to fund treatments for those affected by blood cancers, and to help raise awareness. I would be so thankful if you could support me and my campaign by donating today at bongino.com slash LLS. Every three minutes, someone is diagnosed with a blood cancer and leukemia causes more deaths than any other cancer in children under the age of 20. Every dollar that we raise goes directly to LLS to support their mission to find a cure for blood cancer and to support patients. Please help me reach my goal and visit bongino.com slash LLS to make a tax-deductible donation. My mom will also include the link on the website and on the email today. It is an honor to be able to do this, and thank you for your help. Thanks for doing it, Bob. We appreciate it. And uh, really, this is an important cause, so we really appreciate it. You going to school? Okay. <laughs> She's got the school uniform on. It's freezing down here in Florida. Folks, thank you. Thanks for taking the time. I appreciate you know your patience. The Leukemia and Lymphoma Society has been an important cause close to me. Uh, it's a devastating disease. I was very lucky to have it diagnosed early by great doctors in stage one. Um, it took a lot out of my life, and we want to get the nip this thing right in the bud. So Bongino.com slash LLS, Bongino.com slash LLS. If you would be so kind, a dollar, ten dollars, a hundred dollars, twenty-five cents, whatever you can spare, we would deeply appreciate it. Bongino.com 
slash LLS. That's the link right there. Thank you very much for your time. I really appreciate it. Okay, um, getting back to the show content. I'll be discussing that later on the radio as well with, um, with a, a guest. So I was reading a fascinating article, BonginoReport.com. Um, I don't send the stories over there, as you know. Occasionally I do, but that's run by Matt Palumbo, and it is our conservative alternative to the Drudge Report because Drudge has gone not only left, but radically left. And I saw a fascinating article about how the Russians, they learned from Desert Storm and have had to manipulate their entire playbook. And they may be using this same shock and awe type model we used in Desert Storm in Iraq. If they're going to attack Ukraine, which I hope they don't, they may be using that same model. So the piece in 1945, and forgive me if I'm saying your name wrong, ma'am. This is not intentional. I'm terrible with last names. The piece is in 1945. Uh, and again, it'll be linked in my newsletter today. It's up at BonginoReport.com now. It's called Russia's Desert Storm. Putin's plan to use America's military playbook against Ukraine by Anna Borshevskaya. Forgive me if I'm saying her name wrong. I'm really awful with last names, but with a last name like Bongino, I'm sure you understand. People call me Bongino all the time. She says, the principal idea of Desert Storm, this is fascinating, has dominated modern warfare ever since. Importantly, Desert Storm exposed the military inferiority of the Soviet Union especially its air defenses and military doctrine and also its military hardware. As much of Iraq's arms were Soviet purchases. As Graham Fuller, former vice chairman of the National Intelligence Council at the CIA, wrote in the summer of 1991, even in the best light, the Soviet military did not look good in the encounter. Let me just sum up the story for you. Their technology sucked. That's the good news that their technology sucked. The bad news is Russia's apparently learned a lot from that and has committed to enhancing their ISR, intelligence, surveillance, reconnaissance take, uh, capabilities, and their coordination capabilities between ground, air, and this decapitation campaign to take out networks. The gist of the article, if you'd like to read the whole thing, it's very good. It's not that long. It's a terrific article. Be in the newsletter today as well, mangino.com slash newsletter. If you don't want to go to Bongino Report, just go directly to site either way, it doesn't matter to us. Uh, is that the Soviet, uh, the, the Russians, after this Soviet debacle in Desert Storm, where the Iraqis used Soviet equipment that failed miserably, have figured a lot of this stuff out right now. Fascinating, fascinating piece. And how they took our model, both sides, they took their failure model of their equipment and improved it, and then took our model of a shock and awe campaign with oppressive air power, wiping out of infrastructure immediately and using ground forces as a mop-up operation, and they may use that now in Ukraine. Interesting. Again, because I don't believe Ukraine is our war, and I don't, doesn't believe, doesn't believe or lead to uh, or connect in any way to me thinking that it's not a war or a potential war, God forbid, we should be concerned with. Of course we should. Of course. It has ramifications beyond Ukraine and Russia. I get that. I just don't believe it's our war with our bodies. There's a difference. But it is something we should be deeply concerned about. Okay, moving on. Something else we should be deeply concerned about. I don't know about you guys, but I saw this story this morning. And usually I don't put stories like this up if I don't have like a source or something to add to it. But this is one of those just, oh, 
Okay, stories. That makes you kind of scratch your facial hair and go, are we being told the truth about this thing? Did you hear this story about the lab monkeys, the macaques, that there was some car accident? They yeah. were like running around? Yeah. Yeah, you heard this one, Joe? Yeah. Daily Mail. Here's the Daily Mail, longest headlines ever. You don't have to read the story. It's all in the headline. So these lab monkeys were in a car accident. They apparently escaped. So the driver headline who stopped to help these the truck that was carrying these 100 lab monkeys that crashed, she put her hand in one of the cages with the lab monkeys, this driver who helped out, now says she has a cough and pink eye. The CDC is urging anyone in contact with the macaques to seek medical attention. <laughs> I, just, I know, I should have seen Geese Joe, he goes, doesn't that look like the beginning of like 28 days later or something like that? You know, <laughs> like there's a, this is, this is the beginning of just about every single contagion type movie we've ever seen. Are we not being told something about this? I Folks, if you have any sources on this, we keep the back end of the Facebook page open for messages. Please let us know. The lady's got pink eye and a cough. All right. They want to give us some more deets on that one. Just throwing that out there. All right, moving on. Important stuff. So Janet Yellen is just another shameless liar. Uh, right now, our Treasury Secretary is just in a, a disaster. Um, is has become a politician. Uh, is not acting as a nonpartisan observer of the fiscal situation in the United States or the monetary one, for that matter. Even though she's not at the Fed anymore, and she was. But here's Janet Yellen. Now, I want you to keep in mind, this is our Treasury Secretary, right? We are living through right now a massive supply-side crisis, correct? We're having supply issues, shortages of supplies, some foods, wood, construction materials, cars, chips. You get it, right? No one's missed out on any of this. I don't want to talk down to the audience on my goal here, obviously. So we're, even, we're living through a massive supply chain, supply-side crisis. Caused by regulation and legislation, right? Regulations and government edicts for lockdowns that caused the crisis. And then a supply chain crisis caused by trucking regulations, supply regulations, legislation for giving people money to not work. So you would think then that you would emphasize, if you were the Treasury Secretary, that we need to fix the supply side. Not attack the supply side. You're acknowledging is a problem. And then she implies with a wink and a nod that definitely this stuff failed supply side economics during the Reagan years. Keep in mind, we're living through a supply side crisis right now. She doesn't want to acknowledge it because she's a demand side economist who thinks you can print money and get people to demand stuff without producing stuff people can demand. Here, watch this. What we're really comparing our new approach against is traditional supply side economics which also seeks to expand the economy's potential output, but through aggressive deregulation paired with tax cuts designed to promote private capital investment. It is unquestionably important to properly implement regulation and maintain a pro-growth tax code, but they are not sufficient and can often be overdone. Modern supply-side economics, in contrast, prioritizes labor supply, human capital, public infrastructure, R&D, 
and investments in a sustainable environment. Notice what she does there. If you know how to, and hat tip Tom Elliott for putting this out there. Notice what she does. She's making a political attack. And once you see this stuff, you can't unsee it. Here's what you'll see now, and you'll never forget it again. Whenever you hear a liberal like Janet Yellen discuss, quote, supply-side economics, what she's attacking is the Reagan era. And what she's attacking is the very simple common-sense idea that if you don't incentivize producers and service producers to produce products and services, you're not going to have any products to buy. Liberals hate that idea. Why would they, Dan? It seems like common sense. Why would liberals hate the idea that businesses have to produce stuff? Because they want to believe you can print money and give it to people in the welfare state and the economy will grow. They don't want anything to do with businesses. So I went back. That was Yellen taking a backhanded shot at the Reagan years. So I just printed up from, excuse me, I took a screenshot of GDP growth by year. Again, to show you how we are always the party of science and the left, like Janet Yellen, are always the party of BS nonsense talking points. Here's GDP growth from 2020 all the way back uh, to the beginning of the Reagan years in 1980. You'll see the Reagan years. It starts out slow because we're recovering from Jimmy Carter. And then 1983, you get a big spike, 4.5% GDP growth. 1984, 7.24%. 85, 4%. 3.4, 3.4, and then 4.18, huge growth during the Reagan years. You don't see that growth replicated any time until, yes, the later end of the Bill Clinton years where he got Bill Clinton, where government spending in conjunction with the Gingrich Congress was under control. So you understand how these people lie to you? What she's trying to tell you right now is the Reagan years and candidly the Clinton years and the Gingrich years with government spending being controlled as a percentage of GDP, were such an abysmal failure. If they were such an abysmal failure, why do the growth rates, why are they higher in the Reagan and Clinton years than any other year? The answer is because Janet Yellen's a liar. This is the Treasury Secretary. She used to work at the Fed. She's not stupid. She's just lying to you because she wants you to believe businesses are not the source of prosperity. The government printing money is. Supply side, no good. Demand side, we can print money and give it to people. Excellent. Once you see this stuff, folks, so you'll well, sorry, crush my beat. You'll never unsee it. This is the kind of stuff, the stunts they pull all the time. Just look at it. All right, let me get to my last sponsor. Here's what I got coming up. Folks, the surveillance state is getting really perilous at this point. I've got that video also of Biden uh, put together by the RNC, just bursting out these fits of anger. But the surveillance state is growing and getting more dangerous. Quick programming note, again, my show this week on Fox Unfiltered uh, airs at a new time on Saturday night, 9 p.m. Set your DVRs if you don't mind. I really appreciate it. I've got a great monologue about the Great Reset coming up this weekend. See how much controversy that caused. But that's okay. Gonna like this one. Okay, I've been warning you the entire show about the growing power, uh, perceived power of the left. Their interest in things like censorship and political investigations against their political opponents. These are things that are deeply concerning and should be concerning to you too. Saw this story yesterday and I thought to myself, here it is. Here it is right here. Capitol Police examine the background social media feeds of some who meet with lawmakers. This is a political article. Betsy Swan and Daniel Lipman. 
Now, Politico, of course, has to throw in an editorial opinion here about the January 6th being the insurrection. They say, quote, after the January 6th insurrection, the Capitol Police's intelligence unit quietly started scrutinizing the backgrounds of people who meet with lawmakers, according to three people familiar with this matter. Really? You know, folks, this is really interesting. Um, And at one point down the line, people say, well, you know, the Secret Service does this too around the president. I thought, that's interesting because I have experience with this. I don't know what they're doing now. Let me be clear. Um, But I know when I was there, yeah, if someone had a terror background and was on some terror watch list or something, he likely wouldn't be allowed in a circle with the president, whether you agree with these decisions or not. Uh, But if the president wants to meet with someone, uh, a terrorist or not, they'll they'll meet with them. I mean, the, you have to understand the Secret Service doesn't make um, decisions on who the president meets with. They can only give security advice, correct? If the president wants to go into a prison around people in prison because they committed felonies, the president can go, well, you can't stop them. But this is really strange because lawmakers are different. You have 535 of them, 435 members of Congress and 100 senators. They meet with people for various reasons. And I'm wondering if they're surveilling these people in advance, looking at their social media and thing, where's this information going? Are they building profiles on people? Is there going to be some kind of a watch list? Is this the kind of watch list that can be cross-referenced? I'm just asking questions you would think political people would ask. This is important stuff. Lawmakers have the, 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 the obligation to meet with people. uh, I mean, even people with criminal backgrounds, of course. As long as they're in the Capitol, I mean, you can do your security screening as you should. But what's going on here? What I mean, what after the January 6th insurrection? Is there a list? Again, where's this information going? Is this only targeting conservatives? What about Antifa and BLM members who want to meet with left-leaning members of the, of, the, of the U.S. House or the Senate? Are they on a list? Is there a list? Are they being screened? Hey, folks, we're just asking questions, right? It used to be the thing journalists used to do. Good for Politico for writing the piece, even though they got to throw in a stupid January 6th insurrection. It's not the insurrection. Please stop the nonsense. It's not reporting. It's editorializing. It's it's dumb editorializing at that. They left out deadly. Dead? Yes, Joe. Excellent point, <laughs> Armacus. The verdict is in. Joe wins for the week. Yes, they left it. It's a shame. They, I don't know what they were thinking. No. I mean, how do you miss that one? That's always a grounder. Oh, you got the good. I'm sorry. Before I go to the video, this was uh, Joe Walsh. Just a quick story. Joe Walsh used to be a Republican member of Congress. The guy's a failure as a human being. I just want to show you the double standard when it comes to this. He had tweeted out a long time ago in 2018 how, you know, this isn't difficult. It's okay for Trump to criticize Chuck Todd from NBC, but it's not okay for Trump to call Chuck Todd a son of a bee. Come on. Here's Joe Walsh the, uh, just after the Biden son of a bee incident. I prefer a president who calls one reporter a stupid SOB than a president who calls the entire American media the enemy of the people. But that's just me. Folks, this guy is an epic failure of a human being. (laughs) He is a failed radio host. He has hated me ever since they offered me his job and I didn't want it. Yes, that happened multiple times. The guy is a failure. He's a joke. He's a clown. He couldn't make it on the Republican side. So what did he do? He tries to cater to leftists by sending out stupid tweets that discredit his old, even stupider tweets. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. That is, this is a, he points out, this is a TDS infection. Like we haven't seen in a long time. Here it is. Joe Biden uh, had this debate with Geraldo last night on Hannity 
where I think it's fairly obvious at this point, folks, that Joe Biden has some kind of cognitive deficit going on. What is it? I don't know. Um, I hate to speculate, but, you know, I'm not his psychiatrist. Is it Alzheimer's? I don't think so. Is it some form of uh, frontal lobe dementia in its mid stages? I, I don't know. He, he appears, folks, to have. When you when you um, when you view the interaction of the brain with the sensory environment we're in, right, there are two things you need to look at. There's the processing and storage part and the retrieval part. OK, you can store information in your brain and not be able to retrieve it. You see it all the time, right? You're like, oh, oh, that, that thing, that thing. And then hours later, and, and you wake up and you're like, oh, now I get it, right? Why? It was stored there. You just couldn't get it out. Storage and retrieval are different. Biden doesn't appear, appear again, I haven't spoken to him in person, but doesn't appear to have a storage issue right now. It appears if you tell him something, it gets stored. He, he, appears, what, what, he appears to have some retrieval issue. He always seems to be searching for a word or a name. Did you ever notice that? Oh, uh, 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 the, that guy over there, what yeah. is defense? He can't remember. He has a retrieval issue. Um, is it frontal lobe dementia? I don't know. I have no idea. But it's clear the guy's president of the United States. He has a nuclear code that it's fair to ask, can this guy, um, can he figure it out? Can he handle the job? Well, one of the things that has me worried is, you know, one of the symptoms of some cognitive deficit and a deteriorating cognitive condition are these anger outbursts. Again, I'm not going to be a hypocrite. I've got a temper issue as well. But this doesn't appear the, to be the Biden of old who you know, portrayed himself as this good-natured guy. Here's a video the RNC put together of Biden just, again, losing his marbles when he's asked a challenging question. Check this out. Ask the right questions. What a stupid son of a bitch. Come on, man. That's like saying you, before you got in this program, if you take a test where you're taking cocaine or not, what do you think, huh? Are, are you a junkie? What do you say? Go back and read what I said. You're getting nervous, man. That is an interesting reading in English. You, you, I assume you got in the, in the journals because you like to write. I want to talk about happy things, man. I think I probably have a much higher IQ than you do, I suspect. Well, that's not true. You're saying things you do not know what you're talking about. No one said that. Who said that? What, don't Who you said that? that? I know you'd ask it. I have no response. It's another spirit campaign. Right up your alley. No question you always ask. You don't understand that. You're in your own business. Is it Quick question on Israel before you drive. No, you can't. <laughs> not unless you get in front of the car as I step on it. Don't screw around with me. Let's get it you straight. Use a rape no, let me listen to me. I'm listening. So don't poke that in my face, okay, buddy? Don't let you ask You're a good man. You're a good man. Thank you, guys. This is all the time. You see it right there. Yeah, again, listen, I'm not going to be a fraud on this. I have a you know, temper myself. I can get angry at stuff too. But again, I'm not president of the United States. He is. And if it's evidence and a symptom of a larger cognitive deficit from a guy who has a nuclear codes in the middle of a potential World War III situation, I think it's the kind of thing we should be talking about. And don't be intimidated by leftist hacks into not talking about it. All right, folks, thanks again for tuning in. Um, uh, again, a personal request. I'm sorry to ask of you any kind of personal favors, uh, but LLS, Leukemia and Lymphoma Society, is a very important, uh, very important critical charity funding or research and help in these dreadful diseases, which I went through, and it was really awful. Um, I got very lucky, and I thank God for it every day. But Bongino.com, 
slash LLS. Whatever you can donate or spare would be deeply appreciated if you could just take a moment. Bongino.com slash LLS. My daughter Isabel, my family, we're all in. We'll be making a nice donation ourselves. Bongino.com slash LLS. If you could help us reach that $250,000 goal, we would deeply appreciate it. Thank you so much. I'll see you on the radio show later. You just heard Dan Bongino.